0: It does get kind
1: of loud oh, in here. Especially in here. Yeah. No, I totally get Russ moving. I told, <laughs> If I was here longer term, I could see that.
0: Welcome to What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit. Conversations on public faith and private conviction.
1: Welcome to um, What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit. We're your hosts. I'm Don Trump And I'm Jordan Warnches. Warnches, of course, which, is, do you know, I think we talked about this. Um, in the English language, there's no word that rhymes with oranges, except for oranges. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> we are doing this podcast. Jordan, why are we doing this podcast?
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of a extension in some ways of. I remember Russ and I did Pastor Pod, which had. We were I... always answering questions that people had uh, about faith or questions we would get and we'd talk about them. I think this is kind of an extension of that because it's stuff that you either don't have time to talk about from the pulpit uh, it isn't the right place to do it uh or it may be too um controversial i guess for the right. pulpit uh, exactly in some ways so uh, i think it's a good place for people to hear uh, our honest hearts around a lot of church stuff and uh
1: Good. Modern
0: day I, things, I theology, like that you, all I, that.
1: I like that you think I have an honest heart <laughs> So somewhere. And I, by the way, those episodes between you and Ross are still online. And I think I checked that out a while back. Dig through the webpage, find the media. Yep. Go back to podcasts. Where this will be posted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we have as a, well. If you go to our webpage, so years, media, podcasts, more. and then I have them all separated in there wow. Pastor Pod and all the other ones.
1: And played. here we go. We were, um, by the way, we talked about calling this. Uh, what you don't want to hear your pastor say from the pulpit mm-hmm. and we were thinking about that I guess aware of some resistance even from the congregant standpoint of uh, it's not just that we're afraid not that we're reluctant there's plenty of things we can stumble into
0: we're wise
1: that, that, that <laughs> is the right we word? <laughs> know who pays our paycheck and so there's things you can get into that no one wants to hear supposedly yeah. even if we feel like no this is important or I have Something compelling to say, um, but here we are. What we're afraid to say.
0: Yeah, because I think there's um, there's things you really do want to say up front sometimes, but you also know part of preaching and being mm-hmm. up in front of the congregation is you're shepherding people. You're you're coming alongside and saying, look at this. For you and I, we went to seminary, so we know all this stuff that many people could care less about. <laughs> Ouch. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. But um, there's times where we really want to unpack some of that stuff, or say stop it. Right. <laughs> That's not what historical Christianity, <laughs> their view is held, and things like that. So it, it, But you know you have to help people get there. You can't just pick them up and bring them over. Right.
1: You right. no, I appreciate it. That's very gracious, the shepherding image, of course, a leading, not, well, I don't know, sheep beating them, kicking them over the crook. <laughs> There's lots of images there. But I understand what you're saying, the subtlety of it, or the, or the supposedly kind of dialogue nature of it, not just us one way. I, uh, I was taught in seminary, they always said, um, preaching's a dialogue you know and i guess i haven't seen a lot of that (laughs) in my time i have tried maybe as hard as anyone i know to make preaching a less formal piece, complete with question and answer or different structure in worship or feedback time to try to respect the process that's going on inside but it is a really weird thing we do Mm -hmm. who else does this
0: yeah i've heard that too it's a dialogue and i wish it was more of a dialogue Uh, like in synagogues, uh, they have dialogue after the message there. Like they ask the uh, rabbi and...
1: A little more open.
0: Yeah, and I wish there was more of that. Um, And I think there's ways to play with the sermon as a different form. I think nowadays, because the way it was set up, it's very much kind of like a... Like when you go to college, you sit in an academic hall, The teacher, the professor up front, front. they're just teaching you what they know, and you're supposed to absorb it. and Maybe take notes. Yeah, yeah, and that's how it's set up now, and I don't know if that's going to work even in the near future. People's attention spans are smaller. People need more visual um, ideas. Thanks for listening to What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit, conversations on public faith and private conviction.
1: Yeah, we both uh, preach with PowerPoint, we're used to doing that. I know that's for some of our congregants, or a relatively new thing, or feels too academic, or something to do. I try to give them something to look at, rather than just me. Or for me, it also helps me move away from a text. It helps me to be present in the room to say, oh, and I look up what's next. Oh, that's the next point we're going to. Try not to make it just an outline, but some graphics and all. Mm-hmm. Preaching is a weird thing. To me,
0: it, it helps keep the attention uh, Mm. if you have different slides with stuff because you'll put one up you're talking they're listening and then you're moving on to the next thing and you switch and then they're so nobody gets this lull of boredom right I I just think of that with my own ADHD brain the little bits and pieces helps me if I have a lot of bits and pieces yes we're talking about this with movies Uh, and TV shows uh so like I could probably sit and watch a TV show for three hours, that <laughs> because it's especially if it's uh, broken up into thirty minutes piece, because you oh, feel absolutely. like it's keeping you for that thirty minutes. And you're like I could do another. And then it lets minutes. you go.
1: The story arc it comes right. to a little conclusion while learning you on.
0: Rather than sometimes when you think about sitting down to watch a three-hour movie, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't. Three hours.
1: <laughs> you made it through Avatar, too, so Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I have no problem
1: doing that. Yes, I, certain other people we yes. go to movies with. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should. We should take away everyone's phone when they walk in the sanctuary. That's what we should do.
0: <laughs> Good luck.
1: So, <laughs> so, I guess, in this podcast, to give a little peek behind the curtain... Uh, both at the informality of it or there'll be a certain formal at some point We'll be talking about process and how we come up with sermons that kind of thing. It's it's a That's a weird question. I've often deflected because I can never tell if people are really asking it seriously They'll say something like oh you're a preacher How do you come up with what to say on a Sunday? Yeah, and that's usually offered as a very perfunctory off-the-wall kind of question not so I'll in return give a smart-aleck answer that isn't yeah. and then you uh, other times, in some of the most deep struggles of my sense of vocation, I'll think, uh, dang it, it is really hard to come up with something every Sunday. That's a great question. It is a key component of who I am, how I read, study, digest, media, truth, anything mm-hmm. and that process of bringing it to a congregation.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I always have to remind myself and to be gentle when people... People have asked me before, like, "Wait, do you write your your own sermons?" Do you?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, I download <laughs> them from yeah. sermons.com.
0: Um, but I have to remind myself that I grew up in a very small town. Religion was everything; it was mm. in everything. So people it just knew culture of the church and pastors, what they did, and everything. But I have to remind myself: not everybody grew up in such right. situations. So to them, they come to church but I have no idea how all this gets put together during the week. it be the same thing for me if any other job that I have no
1: knowledge of. And you walk inside, oh, that's really how you spend your days. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we'll have to talk about preaching specifically, how long it takes, how long we prep, what we think people are expecting. It certainly is the most visible thing we do. And I guess I, I know some of our conversation that led to this podcast, I, uh, duplicity is too harsh of a word, but our sense of a, a persona in front mm-hmm. um, that, we, that you got to do to push it, sell it, present it, be present in a sermon versus what goes on in our own lives, even what goes on in these offices during the week. Uh, quite a, a disparity or a range of diverse experiences there. That'll be fun think along those lines so hopefully it's engaging for people to think behind pastors and and what we might be afraid to say from the pulpit that we can say here with a little less formality Mm -hmm. and knowing that people are a little more forgiving which, which is actually I find that's true, especially the, the the already at New Hope, I've been here four months, whatever it is, and the dozen people I know best, I already feel like, see me for who I am mm-hmm. very much and would have a wide acceptance for what I'm joking about, even on a Sunday morning outside of worship at coffee hour or something, right. uh, versus what they might accept or see from uh, that 15, 20 minute block in the middle of worship. Having said that, I know I play with that format a lot. Uh, and uh, that, that somewhat fake persona up front, I work hard to deconstruct it and break it apart and offer something different. And that gets me in trouble sometimes, um, but it's deeply connected to what I think my sense of call is.
0: Thanks for listening to What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit.
1: Listen for episode two, uh, Does Theology Matter? Thank you.